pulse of Elkhart. This is On the Beat with Carl Stutzman. And welcome back to the Heart 1340 AM 101.9 FM and On the Beat on this Tuesday afternoon. So on a, a cold, snowy day, we need someone to warm up our hearts. And I couldn't think of anyone better to call us uh, than Jackie Walorski's on the line with us today. I uh, don't want to spend too much time on my usual flowery openings because I know you're <laughs> pressed for time, Jackie. I appreciate you jumping on the show. and It's really good to get a chance to chat with you. Well, it's so good to chat with you, Carl. I so much appreciate the invite. I'm so excited for your show. And, you know, it's just amazing how fast time flies because when I'm out here in D.C., you know, things are moving. They move at jet speed. And so you can turn around and all of a sudden lose a month, you know. So I really appreciate the invite today. You could lose a month. You could lose a, a, a couple of months. I do not envy the position that you're in, especially <laughs> now. And, you know, and, and we can maybe talk about this more a little bit later. But, you know, when you're changing, you got the change of the guard. There's always kind of that lag it feels like um you know and, and you've been you've been around for for a couple of different uh administrations and i i imagine that it's something you're pretty familiar with i am you know i'll work with anybody that wants to work on you know common sense who's your solutions and you know things you know about getting our economy back and you know carl for the most part in our district we have double house double household uh income you know both parents are working and, you know, I think that all of us can agree on one thing um, is, you know, get COVID in the rearview mirror and mm-hmm. let's get back to normal. Let's get our economy back to normal. You know, let's get COVID behind us and move on. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I am actually due for my second shot next week. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing my part in it as, as best I can. Uh, you know, I, I think from your perspective, you've got to be pretty happy with the way locally we've been able to get vaccines into arms. St. Joseph and Elkhart County are both doing pretty well. I thought so, too. You know, last week I toured um, HealthLink uh, Community Health Center, St. Joe VA Clinic, and St. Joe Health System in Mishawaka. And just to kind of see, you know, what it looked like on the ground, the lines of people coming in to get vaccinated, the number of volunteers that, you know, show up at these places too. It really is such a grassroots look at how Michiana handles things. And I can't say enough about the frontline healthcare workers, about the folks that are donating their time and about the people that are lining up to get vaccinated. And, you know, um, I was vaccinated a long time ago because my mom lives with us and she's 82. I did not want to be a carrier of COVID. My husband is a public school teacher. And so we did, you know, we're fine. But, you know, I still just uh, would like to say to the listeners that are listening today, you know, it's an individual decision. Call your doctor, talk to your doctor. And, you know, if you're not comfortable and go with what's best for you. But we're doing a really good job, I think, of, uh, you know, the, the faster we actually get vaccinated, the faster COVID shows up in the rearview mirror. And I think that's what we all want. So we can all agree on the fact of let's get rid of COVID and get back to normal, open our states up and get our economy driving again where it was before COVID hit. Yeah. One of my favorite places to run into you uh, randomly is the uh, 4-H fair. And uh, we didn't <laughs> have that last year. It would be nice to be able to have it back again this year. Um, and, and part of it is because uh, the fair is a pretty good display of how strong the local economy is and how well our local businesses are doing and i know for you specifically yeah focusing on the health of our economy and getting things back and running that's right at the front of your priorities well it is and you know the other great thing about the fair i can't say enough i was a 4-h kid 
And I can't say enough about how valuable the fair is, you know, the kind of skills that you build their leadership, you know, in a totally different way, access for kids that, you know, maybe don't have that kind of access. And um, it's just been a terrific place. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the reasons I like to go there is because that's where you meet and that's where you see these double income households. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're out there and they're, you know, trying to bring quality things to their kids. But I'll tell you right now, Carl, and this economy and the spending that's that's actually happening here at the federal level, um, you know, if we don't slow this down and start targeting that money, you know, we're going to see our economy coming back slower it's going to take longer. That puts a lot of folks in our district, you know, in a real bind on where do they use this money? You know, how do they get their kids in school? How do they take care of the things they have to with food and utilities and those kinds of things coming into a hot summer? And, uh, you know, the infrastructure bill, for example, that we're talking about right now that uh, the president wants passed in the next couple of months, you know, that's a couple trillion dollars, trillion. And, you know, it amazes me Last year at this time, you know, we were talking about billions of dollars in our budget. We've switched that now because of the spending that's going on in this government. We're talking about trillions of dollars. This isn't an infrastructure bill. It basically is the, the Green New Deal in disguise. It's laced and riddled with tax increases. And if those aren't bad enough, those tax increases, you know, there's like 5% of this budget is actually targeted for infrastructure. There's more money in there for uh, electric cars than for broadband around the whole country. So, you know, we're talking about some really dangerous habits here. And I think that one of the things that's going to creep up on our district and it's going to creep up on our country, which is really going to put our economy behind, is this issue of how much consumer prices are already rising because of inflation, because of so much money going into this economy. So, you know, when I'm home on the weekend, I grocery shop. I am in restaurants. Uh, you know, I'm at my credit union. I'm doing what everybody else is doing. And I've already noticed like everybody else, the price of gas in our area has gone up 9% in one month. I know the price of ground beef has gone up 5 to 6%. I know eggs, milk. You know, I'm, I'm in the same place as everybody else is. And I can see already um, how much prices are going up. And so my fear about this is that when people, um, our, our households that are double income working households, all of a sudden start seeing money coming out of their left pocket and their right pocket and out of their paycheck, they're going to understand, hey, something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. Somebody didn't tell me the truth here. And I can see it now. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do in the Ways and Means Committee, trying to, you know, get out of the trap that we're in with this extended unemployment, you know, unemployment in our area is right around and maybe a little under 4%. But if we keep paying people to stay home, you know, as you know, driving around St. Joe and Elkhart County, every single window that has, has a business has a hiring sign out. And there's even signing bonuses now for people to come off unemployment, come back in the workforce. And, you know, I'm involved with a bill in ways and means that basically says, let's pay people to go back to work. Let's pay them the 1600 if they go back to work by July instead of staying out of the workforce until September. If we don't start thinking very smartly 
and helping our folks get back into the workforce, I really do believe this time next year, we're going to be hurting and everything we touch is going to cost more. Well, and to play devil's advocate here for a second, because we've heard this conversation before a couple months ago, this was something that people were talking about was, uh, you know, adding some sort of return to work bonus to get Americans back into the workforce. Then there are individuals like myself, and you could probably even include yourself in this, that we've not stopped working during the pandemic at any point. Um, And in some cases, individuals that were on unemployment were making more than us. Does that make any sense? Like, some some people would have made more on unemployment than doing their actual jobs, but they they kept working. So it's... I, I, it's, uh, I, I don't want to use the word unfair, but some people look at it and be like, you know, what about me? I, I've been trying to keep myself going this whole time. Well, you know, it's such a fair question, Carl, because, you know, when I'm in the district on weekends and or I'm, you know, here, there or wherever in the district, I've had so many people come up to me, especially this time last year when we were, you know, we just started rolling into covid and, and since then, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, you know what? I was an essential worker from day one. I never missed a day. I went and I did the job of five people sometimes just to hold the company together because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And hey, nobody's helping us. Hey, nobody helped us. You know, is that fair? And, you know, when you hear from a lot of those people and right now, you know, there's it's not just a restaurant issue. I know, you know, we've heard a lot in the local media um, on restaurants and service industries and things like that, which are 100 percent important and have to be able to hire. But we're also talking about, you know, um, different pieces of the RV industry, boating industry, trailer industry, um, different large manufacturers that we have that are saying the same thing and and mom and pop places the same thing you know when you're talking about you have two employees and you're just trying to recover and keep your employees you know working and safe and you're trying to do the same thing you know there's a lot going on right now but i'll just tell you the spending on the national level that's happening right now is going to hamper this long-term recovery it's going to take longer if we don't start thinking in a common sense way of what's the best way to energize folks and it's to get it back to work yeah the help wanted signs the extra bonuses i mean it it all just kind of seems like these are going to be band-aid fixes in a bigger problem i mean uh it's weird to think that you know where where we are unemployment is just ridiculously low compared to other places in the country and there's so much more that goes into getting people back to work there is. And I, and I will tell you this. I think the state of Indiana, I think Governor Holcomb's done a phenomenal job with the, their work programs and transitional programs and those kinds of things. And, you know, typically, um, you know, a lot of people in our district uh, have have called me, called our office and gave, have given me some great ideas to work with the state on transitioning from like, you know, one kind of employment to another. And so, you know, leave it to Hoosiers. You know, there's not a problem in this country that we can't fix. And we always do fix our own problems in this country because people are plugged into the American dream and they're entrepreneurs. And you and I in our area are surrounded by entrepreneurs. They've had some great ideas and they've had some great fixes. And I'm working on those as well at the state and the federal level. Second District Representative Jackie Walorski, we're going to take a short break here and be right back. want to talk more about the infrastructure plan as well as uh, 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 something that could really affect individual working families. We've been talking about that a lot so far. Uh, Coming up here in just a minute on The Beat.
keeping an eye on what's happening in your backyard, it's back to On the Beat with Carl Stutzman. And welcome back to On the Beat on the Heart 1340 AM, 101.9 FM, continuing our conversation with 2nd District Representative Jackie Walorski. Uh, talked a lot about uh, unemployment and getting people back to work and some of the barriers that are there. Uh, we'll have that up on the podcast page here after the show for you to listen to. I wanted to talk about the infrastructure plan a little bit, if we could, Jackie. Sure. Um, you know, we, we kind of dived into it there for a minute. When, I, when I've been looking at the infrastructure plan, I kind of thought that maybe the cart was put before the horse a little bit. <laughs> because what this is going to sound like the, the old, the, the old uh, argument over what, what is the definition of is. What's the definition of infrastructure in today's world? Do you know what I mean? It used to be roads and bridges and buildings, but now you need to include broadband and connectivity. And it, there's, there's so much more that goes into it. But I feel like that conversation just hasn't happened. Well, I think one of the issues is on infrastructure, the conversations that are going on are just literally on one side or the other. There hasn't been a bipartisan shred of cooperation in this infrastructure bill. And so I think when you look at what the Democrats are calling infrastructure, um, anything under the sun is infrastructure. And I think the thing that is so disingenuous about this is it really is not an infrastructure bill because only 5% of the spending is actually going to what you just said, roads and bridges and you know circuitry and um, the things that we've always seen. And Indiana's done a phenomenal job with infrastructure. And normally an infrastructure bill would be a giant bipartisan cooperative plan that the whole country undertakes. And we really benefit. The return on investment in infrastructure is the greatest that you can that you can do from a federal to a state level. Problem is, this really is all about the Green New Deal in disguise. I mean, when you talk about investing in electric vehicles, more money than you're going to put in broadband. And, you know, the one thing... Carl, that we did see in broadband that I think is really important that we take a lesson from COVID is telehealth grew under COVID in a way that the political parties would never have been able to get because grassroots level doctors and hospitals and medical professionals, you know, use telehealth to take care of the rest of our population. I'm a huge supporter of it and we have to have it. The other issue is with broadband is, uh, you know, we tell kids in school, they had to stay home and, you know, they have to virtually learn. Well, if you don't have access to a computer, you can't virtually learn. So, you know, there are things that we can work together on that really emerged out of COVID that we can find a great solution to. But for the most part on broadband, you know, when you're looking at $200 billion to make buildings energy efficient, full of subsidies, regulations to eliminate fossil fuels, you know, this isn't the way to go about getting our economy back on track. You know, it's the Senate had a bill, a compromise bill that was a lot less money that basically took care of all the things that you and I just talked about with roads and bridges and those kinds of things. And it was just flatly rejected. So there's no bipartisan cooperation, hoping at some point the Democrats get over this uh, my way or the highway and start working with us because, you know, we're here to represent our districts and the things that we need. And it's not a one size fits all plan. It's very, very divided down per area of what different place and geographies need. So I'm ready to go to work. I've got a lot of great ideas, but we're just not there yet. 
Yeah, and I got to say that in my conversations with uh, people who represent both sides of the aisle, there is a lot of motivation to get something done surrounding infrastructure and and put more money into it. That's an area that we're lagging behind countries like China. And I mean, it's part of it's because of the democratic process. You know, God forbid that yeah, that actually caused any problems. But but you know what I mean? It's just it, yeah. something needs to happen. Just not a lot of people feel terribly confident in what is happening. Well, you know, the biggest problem with this, Carl, I think that you know, this is the first time that we've really um, come to terms with the fact that tax increases and the things that they want to do to pay for this infrastructure plan, tax increases, tax hikes, hurts businesses and families, it sends American jobs overseas. And when I was on the Ways and Means Committee in 2017 and we passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you know, it resulted in the strongest economic growth job creation, and wage history increases. Historical, the biggest we've ever seen in our country. Now, here we are with the Democrats wanting to not only undo that success, but trying to actually pay the way on the backs of the American taxpayers. And I don't know, I mean, I can speak for our district alone. Our district can't afford that. Our district doesn't need that. Our district needs to recover, not go further in debt. Uh, the last thing to ask you about, I know this week uh, over the Ways and Means Committee, you guys are looking into paid family leave and child care. As someone who has a four-year-old whose daycare bill costs is just barely less than what his mortgage does, uh, I can yeah. tell you this is a conversation I've been looking forward to seeing happen for a while. Yeah, this is an issue I've been working on for a long time prior to COVID. Um, and I think it's bipartisan, Carl. Both parties agree that working parents shouldn't have to choose between financial security and taking care of their families. I know just firsthand what it was like in the horrible beginning of COVID when schools were closed, businesses were closed, daycares were struggling to stay open. So in 2017, we had done this uh, a couple of years ago. We doubled the child tax credit and we created the family and medical leave tax credit to incentivize employers to offer up to 12 weeks of paid leave with a tax credit of up to 25% of their wages. So we're, we're going to bring that back down this week. We're ready to work with Democrats to find a bipartisan common sense solution to expand that and, and, and expand affordable child care as well. But the answer, again, is not new massive spending, which is what they're proposing without any of our input. You know, they're talking about payroll taxes. They're talking about here's our district by next summer with money coming out of every pocket, going to every kind of tax increase and consumer increase in spending, it's going to come out of our pockets. We are not going to be able to afford long-term to do that. So that's why we entered this bipartisan, common sense kind of piece of legislation that everybody can get involved with and incentivize people with tax credit. Let's not take the money out of the very people who are trying to have their children taken care of and are trying to work and be able to pay the bills at home. And I will say this, we also need to pay our child care workers more um, because I know how Agreed. much I pay a month and I, it is criminal how little the the people that are, are taking care of my child every day are paid. I was shocked to find it out the first time. Yeah, it's absolutely um, unbelievable, but it's an urgent industry. We can't do without it. We did, you know, we were, we saw what was going to happen if we didn't have it during COVID when everybody was off work. But, you know, we're so far removed from there, but there's still big pieces, big foundational building blocks of childcare that we've got to work on. 
And, and we're there. I'm at the table. I've got my ears on. I'm working on this every single day. But I don't believe, I think we all believe that the need is there and we just have different ways of getting there. I just don't believe that we want to continue to add tax hikes to our working people who are just trying to survive and get back to the economy that we had before COVID. Well, good luck with everything, Jackie. As always, you do a great job of uh, keeping Michiana first and foremost in your mind. We appreciate you, and uh, thank you for jumping on the show. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said before, I don't envy the work that you do right now. I know it's oh, a busy one for you. I'm grateful to be here, Carl. I appreciate it. Yeah. So take care, Jackie. We'll talk to you soon. Can't wait. Thanks right. so much. Bye bye. That is Jackie Walorski, second district representative uh, on the beat on Heart 1340. We'll have that online for you here soon. we got more coming up as we finish things out, talking about the weather with Macy Tetrick on the beat on the Heart 1340 AM, 101.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.